at Mohegan Sun Arena. I am talking with the breakout star, I would argue, of this particular season, Tanaya Latson. Lockdown Women's Basketball starts now. Ogumba Wallet for the win. You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Well, hi, everyone, and happy Wednesday to you, even though it is technically Saturday when I am recording this. I am Howard Mendel, founder and editor of The Next. You can make sure you follow all our coverage at thenextoops.com. Over 100 reported pieces a month, or $9 a year, $72, or $9 a month, $72 a year, making sure you're supporting the work that is being done. Of course, we thank you for listening to Lockdown Women's Basketball, which is our six-day-a-week podcast. You can get it at YouTube or wherever you get your podcast five days a week, anything women's basketball, Saturday, WNBA draft. And I have seen the future. And the future WNBA draft shows that we are doing in 2026 will be including <laughs> presumptive lottery pick, Tania Latson. And, and, and Tania, first of all, th- thanks for being with us. Um, I, I, I know, we're, you know, we're catching you after practice, you know, ahead of uh, what uh, is a national TV game against Connecticut. But I, I think for our listeners, there is a growing sense of what level of player you are already here in year one. And so, um, you know, I've heard you on other interviews talk about your level of confidence, you know, that you set a high standard for yourself. Is there any aspect of your game that has surprised you that how quickly it's translated here to the uh, to the college level? Um, definitely my defense. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, on one ball defense has always been something a part of my game, but um, off ball, I feel like I've been able to focus and dial in on that, especially on the college level. Um, also, my mid range pull up, um, I couldn't do that in high school. So now that I've been in the weight room and um, getting up more shots and everything, I feel like it's coming a little easier for me. So, yeah. Let's take each of those in turn if we could. So, you start with the defense, and there's a bit, I, I feel like maybe even 10 years ago, there would have been a gap in understanding between the quality of defensive play that you guys have and the raw numbers. And that's a simple reason, because if you look at just points per game, you guys don't pop off the page the way you do when you get into points per possession. Uh, you guys are eighth in the country in pace. You play you know, this elevated pace game. And so from that perspective, people might miss that you guys have early on been a top 20 in defensive efficiency. What are the principles that coach is teaching you and, uh, you know, giving you the opportunity to be able to turn your on-ball defense into something that's working so well within a team steam? Um, Every day in practice, we go over it, the same principles that started us in the summer. So, I mean, it's coming a little easier for me now than it did in the summer, but I mean, it's just repetition and um, coach Bill, our offensive coordinator, he's just always like, you know, push the ball, go get a rebound, push it, you mm-hmm. know, go in attack mode. So that's always our, our goal in the end of the day, especially on the offensive end, just to get the rebound and get out and go running. So. You know, to have coach, to have somebody who obviously has had success here at Florida State, especially on the defensive end, I believe she's still among the program leaders in block shots mm-hmm. uh, career. Does it feel like as 
strange as it is to say about a team that races up and down the floor like that, that defense is where your identity starts? Oh, yeah, for sure. Defense wins games, wins championships. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's why we really lock in and focus on our defense. And we try to get better with that. And um, like I said, just repetition. You talked about the summer being a challenge for you. Was there a moment, like a eureka moment, where you kind of started to feel like, all right, I'm grabbing this and this feels comfortable for me? I don't think until literally a week before season started. Hmm. Um, that's when we had our uh, scrimmage and we played against the uh, scout guys. And that's when I kind of had that breakout moment, like, oh, I'm back here. Finally, this confidence had, I had like 25 points. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oof. Finally, I thought I was going to be trash, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that was really my breakout like moment. I felt like, okay, I got it. I'm back in the groove. You know, I found that rhythm and um, I'm doing the things that coach wanted me to do, but she always told me to trust the process and take things day by day. So, I mean, I, I listened and um, it worked out. 25 is low for you now, obviously, with what <laughs> you've been doing so far. I, you know, it's interesting to me, and we were talking a little bit about this before we came on the air, which is that, you know, it's one thing to put up scoring numbers as a freshman, but your efficiency numbers as a freshman are so amazing to me. And I just want to take our listeners through it, if I can, very briefly. You are a 50-40-80 already so far this year. You're at 54.4% from two, 42.5% from three on over three attempts, and 80% from the line. But we were looking at your shot chart because – as I mentioned to you, I am a stat nerd. Mm -hmm. And your mid-range shot is going down consistently anywhere you are on the floor. So I'm fascinated when you tell me that that wasn't a thing for you in high school. What did you do to change that? And how did you do it? Like, what, did you, what does your routine look like to build your mid-range game? It was literally just confidence. Um, I hmm. feel like in, in high school, I didn't really have the confidence to take that shot. It was always get downhill, bucket or foul, or mm -hmm. you know, shoot the wide open three. But um, now that I have to be more of a scoring threat, for this team and I have to play my role. I know I have to get in and do everything on all levels of the court. So um, the mid range, I was really happy that that's been a part of my game now because it was a long time coming. I mean, to have that ability to score at all three levels, mm -hmm. obviously, you know, and we talked about the draft up top, but you know, this is what the league looks for. There's, how long has the league been on your radar as a place that you wanted to end up? since I started this, like literally when I was three years old, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be a WNBA player. That was always my thing in school, you know, like just drawing myself, playing in the WNBA with the jersey and, you know, but that's always been a goal of mine and I, I hope it comes true. Did you have a particular team? You know, I, I know with your background, you were moving all over as a military family. So mm -hmm. hard to have geography be what ties you to a team. So I wonder what did and, um, you know, who you were rooting for. Was it players, teams, you know, mm -hmm. take me through that. Um, Candace Parker is my favorite player. So, um, of course, L.A. Sparks. That was my, my team growing up for sure. And I loved Kobe, so I just wanted to be in L.A. Mm -hmm. So, but, yeah, that was definitely my favorite team. It, it, when Candace moved to Chicago, mm -hmm. did you have second thoughts about it? Did you, you know, have dual loyalties with the Sky, or have you stayed with the Sparks through everything that's happened? I stayed with the Sparks through, through it all. They're, they're very lucky. They're, they're, they're lucky that they don't they don't have a first round pick this year. So by 2026, you know, hopefully they'll uh, be in a different position when that comes. So you talked about Candace. And again, you know, there's no comp that's easy to throw on you or your game. And obviously, Candace, Candace is a big, you're coming in at five foot eight. Yeah. But there's 
and, and I don't even know if it's been measured, but your your wingspan is obviously so significantly beyond five foot eight in a way that's allowing you uh, to play. Do you think of yourself as, you know, a two, a combo guard? Do you think of yourself as a wing? Like, how do you kind of define it? Um, in high school, I played on the wing a lot. Mm -hmm. So um, I was always in that scores mentality and, you know, still, still, still. Um, I played with Raven Johnson and um, Raven, uh, Brianna Turnage, that's on the team now. Mm -hmm. um, so that was us, you know, picking pockets and getting out scoring and fast break layups. So, I mean, and she has, Raven has a long ring span. So, I mean, yeah. I kind of made my game after her. She's like a big sister. So, yeah. Your stocks, which for our listeners is your combined uh, steals per game and blocks per game, are north of five, which again is just another one of these examples where you just say, you know, how is that happening as a freshman? I, I just, when you're on the defensive end, I just wonder, are you, are you thinking deflection? Are you, you know, like, what is your mindset in those moments beyond obviously, you know, the steams that coach is putting in? Oh, yeah, always to get the ball. That's always the mindset, um, or either get the rebound, um, you know, just try to make a play for my teammates, if, if anything, um, put them in the right positions, especially my bigs. So, yeah, I mean, it's always to get the ball. I want to, I have a lot more to get to, obviously, in the specifics of this, but I do first want to talk uh, about our first sponsor of the day, and that is BetterHelp. So, let's talk about BetterHelp. BetterHelp is uh, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, BetterHelp is a place where you are able to get the help that you need for therapy, but you're able to do it over the computer. And it's very important, you know, people's lives don't necessarily lend themselves to being able to do it in person. Now, life doesn't come with a user manual, so when it's not working for you, it's often normal to feel stuck. Navigating any of life's challenges can make you feel unsure, whether it's a career change, a new relationship, or becoming a parent. BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient and accessible anywhere, 100% online. No more waiting rooms, no more traffic, no more endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA. You've been a winner everywhere you've gone. So it can't be a big surprise to you that this is a 10 in one start. It has to feel pretty normal for you. But I'm sure you're aware of what the external expectations were, you know, with the fact that there were a number of players leaving, the fact that you guys are, you know, rolling 10 deep even. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, take me through, I guess, how you've navigated those that for yourself and whether it feels to you like this is sustainable as you guys are heading into ACC play. Um, yeah, in the beginning of the season, it was a little, you know, a little doubt in my head, just, mm -hmm. you know, the freshmen coming in a little nervous. But I feel like um, as time went on and, you know, during the summer, we built chemistry and we really felt like we had a chance to compete. And we honestly do. So um, just playing these games, these first 12 games, um, it's been a lot of fun, especially just building chemistry, like I said, and just getting closer and better as a team. So that's always our goal. And um, me personally, I know you said I'm a winner, but um, I, like I said, I had that doubt, but I'm glad that we're in this position now. And I really feel like, okay, yeah, we can go out here and make some noise and, you know, um, turn the ACC up. You've been doing that, of course, not just with your scoring, but in every facet of the game. And so there's a couple of places that, I think are interesting in particular. And I think it dovetails again with what we're talking about, sort of the um, 
2026 WNBA project, for lack of a better term, right? Mm -hmm. As how you get from here to there, you are an elite passer right away. Your assist percentage is 19.3%, which would be solid for somebody who's playing primarily point guard. And of course, you you are playing, you know, in sort of a secondary playmaker role. Mm -hmm. Was that a conversation you had coming in here when you're talking to coach about kind of the ways in which you fit into this offense? Yeah, um, she told me that I was going to be on ball a little bit, and that made me nervous because in high school I didn't really do that. Right. So I was like, oh, my God, being a point guard, this is a lot. There's a lot into that. And honestly, I didn't know how it felt until I was in that position to be mm -hmm. like, oh, you got to know every position. You got to know the right call. You got to tell, you got to, you know, tell your team, uh your teammates what to do and everything. So, I mean, it was a little nerve wracking, but I feel like the teammates that I have, they're very patient with me and they support me. So, um it's made my job easier. It's one thing to have the support of your teammates. It's another to be able to deliver for them the way you are doing so. What are you practicing that allows you to move from the wing to being able to be a playmaker at this level so seamlessly? Um, repetition. Just, you know, Coach Bill, he's always on us about, you know, being in attack mode. And there's really no positions in this in, in our system. Yeah. Um, everybody's an attacker. Um, Jazz, Sarah, everybody. So, um, you know, just get downhill. And if it's not open, kick it and, you know, keep attacking because a lot of teams can't guard that. And I feel like we have some of the best guards in the nation. So, yeah. You're able to, as a result of that, be able to play as fast as you are. Again, that's a thing that has happened throughout the WNBA. I'm sure you've seen, you know, that the league is playing faster all the time. Does it feel like this is helping prepare you for that next level too? Even though I know that must feel at some level like, you, you know, it's years away, of course. Um, of course. Yeah. And then uh, coach, she's been in the WNBA, so she knows what it takes. Yeah. And I'm just lucky to have her as a coach, uh, a mentor, you know, um, and just to be able to talk to her about things that I may be frustrated with or, you know, how to get through things. But yeah, I feel like it's really just a mindset. Mm -hmm. And um, Coach Brooks, she's awesome. So. We should talk about that decision you made, because obviously that it had huge ramifications for Florida State, that had huge ramifications for the the college career that you now have, right? Mm -hmm. And Coach Sue is the one who, who recruited you. The decision was made to have this transition. Obviously, Brooke is somebody with deep ties to the program, somebody who has a resume that speaks for itself, mm -hmm. but I know other players made other decisions. And I'm just wondering if you could take me through what you remember from that period of time that, mm -hmm. you know, that, that week essentially where you're trying to make yeah. that decision for yourself. I remember that exact day and I was so sad because coach Sue was leaving. Um, I know coach Brooke had called me immediately and we were talking on the phone and oh, I built a really strong connection with coach Brooke. Um, we talked about anything. So um, it was like a, oh, dang, everybody's leaving, Coach Sue's leaving. But I knew I had loyalty to her, and I couldn't see myself anywhere else. But um, I had to just, like, reevaluate, like, do I want to stay here? Sure. Um, I had to ask my coaches, my AU coaches, my mom, and everything. But honestly, I had so much faith in Coach Brooke and what she can bring to the table and um, Amaria Gordon and people that did stay, like Aaron and um, KK Timpson. So I feel like this is something that I could have been – this is a position that I could build something with. So – Mm -hmm. um, I'm just glad I, I stuck it out. KK, the human double-double, for yeah. sure. And, and and in terms of that that moment, do you remember where you were? Do you remember? Yeah, so where were you? Take me through where, um, where that was, was happening. I was at home, chilling, watching TV, and then Coach Sue just called me, and she was like, I have some news for you. And I felt it coming. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody did. So, yeah. um, But it was just like a surreal moment for me because um, she was the one that recruited me when I was in 10th grade. So, 
I mean, I was sad, but um, Coach Brooks, he's definitely awesome. In terms of that moment in 10th grade where you first are getting recruited by Florida State, mm -hmm. what was it that kind of jumped out about this program? What was it about this program that made it the way you were saying? It was just such a, such a perfect fit for you mm -hmm. at that time. I mean, it just felt like home. Um, I'm a Florida girl, so, I mean, I love Florida. Mm -hmm. And then, like I said, the coaching staff, for sure, um, Coach Brooke, Coach Toes, and they, they welcomed me, and mm -hmm. the girls did too. So I really felt like they really had my back and whatever, especially over my official visit. Um, I really got to get to know them, and they got to know me. So, yeah, I just felt like the connection was authentic and nothing was forced, and I felt like I was already there, and I didn't want to leave. Right. So I knew ha after having that feeling, yeah, this is the place for me. Did you have, like, a number two school? Number two school was definitely Texas. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so what you're being recruited at the time, is that Vic or is that Karen Aston still? Vic. That was Vic was there. So, yeah, Texas, an interesting school too as well, but mm -hmm. you'd be playing a very different game, that's for sure. Very different, <laughs> it would, very different. It's really interesting. You, you think about sort of the way mm -hmm. life turns in that way. It does, it does. Hey, I, I heard you tell uh, another podcast that your mom and her work ethic is where you get your work ethic from. Does that mean on a day to day you're thinking about like I'm going to do something in the way that you know this is what how my mom would approach it? Is oh, that yeah. just more just ingrained at this point? Like how does that work? Yeah, on and off the court. Um, when I'm in sticky situations, I'm like, how would my mom respond to this? What does she teach me? Let me go back to those values and in the end game too. Like when I'm having a frustrated like game or mm -hmm. something like that, I just take a deep breath and remember my principles and remember what mom say or you know just talk to God during those moments of frustration. So. Yeah, um, I always think back to her. And then when you think about the moving around, it is very much what a professional athlete needs to do, whether it's during the season and playing so much on the road, um, whether it's even you know playing overseas or with prioritization, uh, maybe something where you know, you're playing here at home even more of the time, but it's still in different spots. Do you feel as if that prepared you for that life? And is that something uh, that you've, already started kind of dreaming on, you know? Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, yeah, my dad was in the military, so we moved yeah. a lot when we were little. Um, but it definitely prepared me for, like, college and stuff like this, always on the go. And, you know, um, it didn't allow me to get too attached to things. And I really – it's a blessing and a curse at the same time. And um, I feel like it's helped me throughout my career. Um, but, yeah. It makes sense. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about the – plan for the rest of the season and how that works for you. Um, want to make sure uh, that our listeners hear about our second sponsor today, BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. Uh, I, am, I don't wager myself, but I do believe very strongly that betonline.net does it right because it has WNBA, it has NCAA women's basketball. It, the fact of the matter is that even opportunities mean even opportunities in all of these realms. Uh, Gina Oriema, who was actually here this weekend, said five years ago that we're not going to have true equality between men's and women's basketball until that happens as well. So Bet Online is doing that. Uh, they always have the fastest and easiest way of getting your betting info. Head online to the website today or to your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. And so I've thrown a lot of stats, obviously, out there um, because it's kind of the way I think of it. What about for you? How are you setting, you talked about setting a high standard. Mm -hmm. What does that mean practically? Are you looking at particular numbers, particular areas of your game? You know, take me through how that process works. 
Um, it's funny you brought up numbers and stats and all that. Um, yesterday, no, not yesterday, last game when we played uh, Presbyterian, mm -hmm. I started the game off uh, the first half with like 0 for 7 or 0 for 9 mm -hmm. or something. I didn't have a field goal. So I was just looking at that. I'm like, oh, my God, my field goal percentage is going <laughs> to go down. But, um, yeah, I definitely take pride in the shots. And I'm taking good shots and getting my teammates involved, of course, and knowing when to attack and when not to. So, yeah, it's very strategic. And mm -hmm. uh, Coach Bill, he's he's good with helping me with that, too. So, um, yeah. It, yeah, it, it did. It cratered all the way to 52% from the yes. – I mean, oh, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even just beyond that, like even when, like, you're thinking about those aspects of it mm -hmm. and, and the numbers that go along with it, are you using visualization to be able to think about certain things? You know, with, with the mid-range, you're getting out there. It's repetition. But are you using visualization to be thinking about, like, what it feels like to hit that shot from 15? Yeah. Definitely in practice, like I said, just repetition and yeah. um, knowing where to get that, that spot. And if it's open, take it. If it's not, then kick out. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, just shot selection for sure. I don't use comps lately. And I like to think of players who remind me of other players. I've been at this uh, a little while now. Um, I, I can't find a player, if you go by the numbers and even just thinking through what I've seen, who have, has done what you've done. The closest I've come are players who were a little further on. Kelsey Mitchell is somebody who got to that point, but she was still shooting in the low 30s from three as a freshman. You're up over 40%. You know, Jewel Lloyd is somebody who has had a very successful WNBA career, but uh, with apologies to Jewel, um, you know, she was never as efficient as you have been here on day one. What about for you? Are there comps that you see? Are there players that you aspire to be like? I just wonder how that works for you as a motivator. Yeah, you just named a few. Um, Diamond DeShield, too. She oh, was yeah. pretty good um, back at UNC and everything. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I definitely mimic my game after her. I watch a lot of her clips and um, just seeing, like, the greatness and what they brought to the table at the time. And, mm -hmm. um, it's definitely been inspiring. Again, and, and just – and to our listeners, to understand what we're talking about here, Diamond's a great example of somebody who had uh, pretty solid blocks and steals numbers right from the jump at UNC. Diamond's 6'1". You're 5'8". <laughs> you know, it's just, it's yeah. it very much is, and if you'll forgive the point of personal privilege on this podcast, a one-of-a-kind game that you have. So being able to see where you are at and where you're going is something that I think everyone is going to be excited about in the years to come. I will leave you with one final question. You guys, um, uh, you were the consensus number 14 overall recruit coming in to this particular season. Um, that's a very amusing number now, obviously. Mm -hmm. Did you use that as motivation? Was that part of the way you're thinking? And is winning National Freshman of the Year something that's important to you? Um, yes. Um, the McDonald's All-American game really gave me um, inspiration and, like, motivation for this season. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I was number 14, but I felt like I should have been a lot higher than that. Um, just by <laughs> playing the girls that were above me, I feel like I, I was a little better. But um, the McDonald's American game, um, I was on the bench for, like, a long time. Mm -hmm. I only played, like, I 13 minutes. So I was like, oh, my God, am I really that horrible? Like, 
Dang. Wow. I, but it really was a humbling moment for me. And I feel like it pushed me harder, especially to be at the next level. Really interesting. Well, I, I, I dare say that there is more than enough evidence to suggest that uh, that number was wrong. And we are seeing that as well. The um, ACC, I don't know why they call it the Freshman of the Week Award anymore. Like they should just uh, call it, uh, you know, just name it after you. You know, I think it would be an easier way to handle it. But uh, tonight, Latchin, thank you for going into this steep dive with me. Thank you for indulging my stat nerddom. Mm -hmm. And I look forward to covering you at this level and the next level for years to come. Of course. Thanks for having me. To all of our listeners, uh, we will be joined by Maddie Segrist tomorrow uh, on Thursday. And of course, uh, make sure you're listening to us, like I said, six days a week. Subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. As a reminder further, you've made us your first listen. Go ahead and make Locked On Sports Today your second listen. It's an opportunity to capture all the stories in the world of sports from all of our Locked On hosts. Locked On Sports Today, available wherever you get your podcasts. Until tomorrow, I am Howard Magdal, founder and editor of thenexthoops.com and host at Locked On Women's Basketball, wishing you all a wonderful day. Ogumba Wallet for the win. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. 